All right, Alexander, let's talk about uh, classified documents, not uh, in Mar-a-Lago or from Trump, but uh, from Biden, uh, special uh, classified documents in, uh, in a closet at a think tank, the Biden pen think tank. <laughs> think tank Biden, <laughs> anyway. Um, his lawyers, the story goes that his lawyers were cleaning out the closets and, whoa, my God, here's... Some classified docs. We better, you know, turn them in to, to, the, uh, to the FBI. And now you have another set of documents. These documents were in his garage next to his Corvette. But Biden wants us all to know that uh, his garage was locked. So there's no, uh, there's no worry about these documents. No, That's what he said no, in the no. press uh, statement. Yeah. None and of, and none. we have a special counsel, by the way, that oh, has absolutely. been appointed. Robert, absolutely. so absolutely. what's going on here? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a very serious – I mean, I have to say, I mean, this is a very serious matter. I mean, it, it's serious – in my opinion, because the administration very unwisely made it so over the Trump affair. I mean, if you remember, when we discussed the documents in Mar-a-Lago, we said that it's not usually the case that a huge issue is made about these kind of things. Usually, if a president takes away some papers, um, you know, there's some contact from the archives. Eventually, they're returned. It's, it's rare to begin prosecutions on this kind of thing. And the Biden administration, because it was Donald Trump, they made a huge, huge issue out of it. They appointed special counsel. They've uh, got investigations. There's talk about prosecuting Trump. The uh, Biden came out and made all kinds of statements about, you know, how you couldn't believe the carelessness, the shocking negligence that Trump had shown. And he was thinking of all the important sources and things that might have been compromised. And, well, it turns out that Biden has been doing essentially the same thing, maybe fewer documents, but, you know, the principle is the same. And in some ways, let's be clear, it's worse because, I mean, all of Trump's documents were in a safe, in, uh, you know, a secure building with TV cameras and security guards and all of those sorts of things. Whereas, as you correctly said, at least... One cache of documents has now been found in a locked cabinet in a garage. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's I mean, behind uh, a 1960s, uh, uh, you know, a cabriolet that... Uh, um, Corvette. Corvette. Cor Corvette. Yeah. Corvette. Corvette. Corvette yeah. that uh, uh, Biden apparently owns and probably unwise for him to drive. But anyway, <laughs> putting all that aside. So, I, I mean, I don't really think that they had any choice but to appoint special counsel to look into this. Because as I said, I mean, they made such a big story over Trump. They can't very well now turn around and say, well, you know, Biden's done essentially the same thing. In some ways, worse, because um, Larry Johnson, you know, who we interviewed yesterday on a live stream. He's made a very, very valid point. I mean, and it's an important point where tr Trump is concerned. Trump was the actual president of the United States when he took away those documents. He is in a position as he was in a position as president to decide which documents were classified and which were not. And part of his defense, as I understand it, is that he de declassified um, all of these documents. Now, the documents that Biden took away, he took away as vice president. He does not have, he did not have 
authority as vice president to declassify anything. And of course, as I said, Trump kept his documents in a secure location. In the case of Biden, that wasn't so. So, you know, you could argue that this is worse with Biden. So given that that is so, how do you resist the demand to appoint special counsel? Well, you can't. And special counsel is now appointed. Now, up to yesterday, the European media had largely ignored this story. Now that special counsel is appointed, I mean, even the European media, even the media in Britain are having to cover it and cover it big. And that gives an indication, to my opinion, of how damaging this story is for Biden. And I don't know what the outcome of this investigation will be. The special counsel who's been appointed, Mr. Her, I believe his name is, from what I can understand, his background is of a sort that would suggest to me that he's inclined to be, shall we say, sympathetic to Biden. But the law is the law, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, a lot of people are, are calling her for lack of a better word, a type of company man. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to that. I don't, no. I, don't know, I don't know him or his reputation, but this is what a lot of analysts are saying, especially analysts that are, say, uh, Republican on the Republican side of things. He's a company man. Anyway, um, the story is that they knew about these documents on November 4th, and so the narrative is that they waited till after the midterms before they, they revealed these documents. Obviously, um, you know, these documents are being, you know, put into the into the public sphere for a reason. I mean, no one really had to say that we found these classified documents. I mean, no one knew about them for six years, seven years. And now all of a sudden, everyone feels inclined to say, look, I found some documents in a garage next to a Corvette. Here they are. Or his lawyers are cleaning out a closet and say, look, here's some classified docs. Allegedly, the docs cover Topics related to uh, to the UK, to Iran, and to, of course, what else? But Ukraine, everything. All roads always lead to Ukraine. Uh, so what is going on here? I mean, this is, this is the million-dollar question. Why are these documents out there now? Why are we talking about them? Why is there a special counsel? Is this all being done to damage Biden? Tucker Carlson thinks this may... I was watching his show uh, the other night... Tucker Carlson thinks this may be a way for the uh, for the DNC, the Democratic Party, to tell Biden you're not running in 2024. So, you know, bow out now and open up the path for Kamala or Gavin Newsom or someone like that. Uh, that we talked about this with Larry Johnson during our live stream. Maybe this is being done as a way to uh, to throw the the Ukraine catastrophe that is going to be coming onto Biden so that the people that that push the whole Ukraine thing, the neocons, you know, they can kind of say, well, it's all Biden's fault. You see, here are these Ukraine docs, everybody. It's, you know, he's, he's the one that messed it up. Look at Afghanistan. Look at Ukraine. I was watching um, another uh, political analyst, uh, Sticks Hexenheimer. He had an interesting take where he said that perhaps, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, perhaps this could also be used as a way to not only damage Biden, but it could also damage Trump. Because you could make the argument that we're going to go after Biden. You see, we're not hypocrites. We're going after Biden. So 
we're going to have to go after Trump as well. And that, that may be the excuse needed to knock Trump out of, out of 2024. I don't know. I mean, no one really knows what's going on, but I think everyone in the world knows something is going on. Yes, no one can yes. quite figure out what game no. is being played. What, what do you think about all, right. all of this? I, I, it could I, be I, all of these things, too. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say a number of things. Whoever leaked these documents is probably not a Republican. He seems to me, I'm assuming it's a person. It's uh, uh, this person or persons or group of people clearly didn't want to damage the Democrats in the midterms. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, um, explosive pieces of information relating to Joe Biden only come, or, 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 or the Bidens only come, only become known or confirmed after the elections are over. I mean, you can think of about a certain laptop, and now we see the same with this, uh, with these classified documents. So it was, all the indications are it was held back to get until the midterms were out of the way. And it, I, I, I can't believe that's just chance. Now, you set out various possibilities to prevent Trump, sorry, Biden running in 2024, uh, perhaps to get Biden, to find a mechanism to get Biden out of the way, to force him out now, uh, once the Ukraine debacle happens, and that was Larry Johnson's theory, and also possibly to damage Trump as well, say, you know, we're going after Biden, we're going to do the same for you, we're not biased, you can't run in 2024 either. Perhaps we're even going to prosecute you. The point to understand about that is that those are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> it may be that the people who are doing these things are pursuing all of those objectives. And I, I, I think that is quite likely. But I am going to say what I think is the most important objective at the moment. I think definitely. The DNC doesn't want Biden to run in 2024. So I think that is the major priority now, to stop Biden from going forward into 2024. If Ukraine blows up, probably these people in the DNC are still saying to themselves, if rather than when, I would say when, but they may be saying if, if it blows up, well, they now have a handy tool to get rid of him immediately. But I think the major thing is to stop Biden from running in 2024. Uh, he was talking about doing it. I don't think anybody was keen. I think the lack of enthusiasm in the amongst the DNC was palpable. Now they've got the tool to stop him doing it. Yeah, and timing is everything because if you're Biden and you're seriously thinking about running in 2024, you've got to make a decision, I would say maybe within the next three to six months. So the timing of this is, is critical. Exactly. That's exactly correct. That is exactly right. So you find these documents, <laughs> you wait until the midterms are out of the way, you get, you know, you eke out, a win in the Senate in the midterms. You lose the House, but you still got the Senate. And then you release the news about the documents, get special counsel appointed, 
I doubt that Garland himself, by the way, was in on this. But I mean, the fact is that um, he was put in an impossible position, having appointed special counsel to investigate Trump. He couldn't, as I said, refuse to appoint special counsel to appoint Biden. That puts Biden in a horrific position. And then you get rid of Joe. Okay, so let's uh, do one more quick story and we'll wrap up the video. It has to do with Russiagate. We covered this story a lot on the Duran when it was, uh, when it was a big story, a lot. And um, we now have uh, Matt Taibbi releasing another uh, tranche of documents from the Twitter files. And he talks about the Devin Nunez memo, which uh, was trending at a, at a time in, uh, on Twitter. I think the hashtag was release the memo. And basically, just to summarize what the Nunez memo said, it basically said that the whole Russiagate thing was nonsense. In a nutshell, that's what Devin Nunez's memo said. And so there was this, this campaign on Twitter to, to release the memo. Let's, let's, let's get all the information out there. And uh, the usual suspects, Pelosi and Schiff and all these people, um, they ran with the, uh, with the narrative that this hashtag on social media is trending because of Russian bots. It's Putin again. Putin is doing this. He is trying to, uh, to save Trump. He is trying to, to throw shade over the fact that Trump was colluding with Russia, all these things. And it's Russian bots. And Matt Taibbi disproved that Absolutely. with this latest release of, uh, of these files. And he showed that the, that, that the Democrats were actually putting a lot of pressure on Twitter to, uh, to agree with them when Twitter knew that no, there are no bots. I mean, yes. the Twitter executives like, look, guys, there are no bots. Can we give you something else instead? Because we don't agree with you here. And they were they were almost begging the uh, the intel agencies and the Democrat uh, congressmen and senators. They were begging them, please don't don't make us accept this because we know for a fact there are no Russian bots. Let's talk about other stuff. And they were insistent. You have to accept the fact that there are Russian bots that are pushing this hashtag. And and Twitter folded. Absolutely. And so here correct. we are. Yeah. Another Russiagate yeah. uh, narrative has been proven a lie. Absolutely correct. And I mean, I think you've summed it up. I mean, the, the Nunes memo, the point about the Nunes memo is that the FBI obtained um, a whole series of warrants to carry out surveillance from the FISA court. Um, and Nunes looked at the information that they used to get these warrants and he published a memo he wrote a memo saying that the information was largely was was to a great extent based fundamentally based on christopher Steele's dossier remember that uh, you know this this fake dossier that alleged all that collusion between trump and the russians and which we now was now know was largely uh, fantasized by Igor Danchenko, this <laughs> person at, uh, uh, um, I forget which um, think tank in Washington, but anyway, um, and, and uh, you know, that was what Nunes said, but that memo itself was classified. Uh, we all had some sense at the time of what it said. There was a big campaign on Twitter to get the, the memo released, which it eventually was. And as I said, the Democrats didn't want it to be released because they didn't want people to know that these FISA warrants were obtained on the, on the basis of the Steele dossier. And that was the, you know, release the memo hashtag thing. And Taibbi has shown absolutely 
definitely that the claims that were made and they were all over the place i remember at the, at the time one was besieged with claims that these were russian bots <laughs> in action russian you know the, the whole thing was russian staged and it wasn't true and Twitter knew it wasn't true. Twitter executives were saying to the Democrats, it isn't true. There was an extraordinary case where a, a Democrat, I think it was a senator, um, he reached out to Twitter and the tweet of Twitter people said, let's talk to this man and see about trying to get him to understand that this is not a case of Russian bots. This is entirely a real campaign. And they spoke to this person and he still went on and insisted it was Russian bots. And it's all there in my Matt Taibbi's thing. And, well, it's hideous. I mean, it shows the extent to which all of this, these campaigns on Russiagate were concocted. Um, and of course, this wasn't the only one, because we've also had uh, an admission. I think it was in the Washington Post a couple of days ago that um, the Russian bots that had actually existed in the 2016 election, far from swaying the 2016 election in Donald Trump's favour. I mean, they were tiny in number and they had no, no effect on the election outcome whatsoever. And there was clearly no collusion between the, uh, 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 Donald Trump and his campaign and the Russians. So you see all of this, it's further proof that the whole Russiagate thing ran on a fake hysteria. I mean, you know, to what extent any of these people really believe the nonsense that they were saying, I don't know. I, I have serious doubts that some of these people, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, all of those sorts of people, really believed all the things that they were saying at the time. I don't know. I mean, I can't enter their minds. But the fact remains that the whole thing was fake. It was hysterical. And as Taibi correctly says, well, you know, there ought to be a proper examination. He talks about a Peace and Reconciliation Commission to come out with all the facts. There is no, no way is that going to happen. Hell will freeze over before the media and the Democrats admit that they did anything fundamentally wrong. One final comment on this is, um, would it be a stretch to say that all of these actions that the Democrats were undertaking this Russia hysteria from 2016 and onwards has led us to where we are today, where the U.S. is effectively uh, waging a proxy war against Russia in Ukraine, using Ukraine as a proxy. I, I mean, the, my, my point in all of this is, is if I was to look at Twitter, I would, uh, if I had access, say, to Jack Dorsey, to me it would be, I, I would tell him, you know what, Jack, as CEO of Twitter, you should have seen what was going on and put a stop to it. Absolutely. Because your your lack of courage then, indirectly, I mean, it's hard, you know, he, he didn't realize it then, but as CEO, you should be able to see these things. But your lack of courage has led to this Russia hysteria, this Russia hate. And you can make the argument that indirectly it has led us to where we are today. 
Oh, absolutely. I don't think indirectly at all. I think directly, in fact. I mean, I think that uh, I mean relations between the US and Russia were not good um, before Russiagate, but after Russiagate, they were absolutely torched. They were destroyed. I mean, and bear in mind that you know, with you know, years of relentless claims that the Russians stole the election for Donald Trump. I mean, they formed amongst many people in the US a particular view of Russia, which is still there. And of course, they've created a whole industry now of people who you know talk all the time about Russia. I mean, Russiagate cannot be overestimated in terms of its effect on Russian-US relations. We would be in a completely different world if Russiagate had never happened. I mean, people would not have this rage about Russia in the US that you see in some places. Even if that rage is often synthetic, this I desire always you know, to hit at the Russians because of what they supposedly did in 2016, which now everybody knows they largely didn't do. They didn't do. So there we go. That That is at the origins of it. And as for Dorsey, I, I, I'm going to go further than this. I think this was entirely predictable that what was going on was going to destroy relations between these two nuclear powers. Articles, maybe not you know, in the New York Times or in the Washington Post, but articles in all parts of the media, including on social media. Remember, Jack Dorsey is an, was the CEO of a, of a social media company. They were pointing this out at the time. They were saying, what you are doing is you are making relations between the US and Russia so bad that it's going to create real dangers for international peace and security going forward. Now, given that that is so, given what Dorsey undoubtedly knew, given what his own executives within Twitter must have been telling him because they were looking at all of these claims about these Russia bots and they were coming back and they were saying, well, this isn't true. And most of them, by the way, are Democrats or pro-Democrat. We're not talking about pro-Republicans here. Given that that is so, Dorsey's duty as the head of Twitter, which isn't just a private company, it's a social media company, it's a major platform, was to come out and say unequivocally and beyond any doubt, I'm very sorry, we've, ex we've examined this, we've gone through every single allegation, we can say definitely that on this issue, on the, you know, the release the memo hashtag, this allegation that it's Russian bots isn't true. Let's end it there. The Duran.locals.com. Yeah. Children, children running companies, Absolutely. children with dynamite. That's no. how I, I often describe it. Yeah. Absolutely. Once right. upon a time, once a time. Yeah. Yeah. Once yeah. upon a time, big American yeah, corporates. Once upon a time, big American corporates were led by serious people. I mean, obviously, social media is a relatively new thing, but I cannot imagine, in any past e existence, you know, the big American companies at that time, the big American corporates, being swayed into saying things that were completely not true 
in that kind of way, you know, in order to benefit one pol political party. As you correctly said, these people who was running these social media companies were simply not up to the job. They didn't understand their rep responsibilities. They might have had certain technical skills, but they didn't have that seriousness, that, that maturity to run these companies responsibly with the results that we see. Yeah, they thought their, yeah, they thought their responsibility was to the uh, Democrat ideology and to destroying Orange Man. Exactly. That's what they, they thought. That, they thought they were doing a greater good by serving that uh, cause. And they Absolutely. forgot to look at, the, look at the, 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 what, what this could lead to further down the line when you stir up all this Russia hate and Russia hysteria and, yeah. and you destroy the, uh, the, the relationship between these two powers. Yes, well, I mean, they you know, think any, that far ahead. they could they couldn't think that far ahead, and I mean, you know, their their job anyway was not to contribute to some great cause by, um, you know, using their companies in that way. Their their job was to run their companies responsibly. If a CEO of a company loses sight of that, then that person is not fit to be. A CEO. It's as simple as that. It's just, I mean, it's a completely straightforward thing. Running a company is all about running a company. It's not about fighting an ideological crusade. However, you know, meritorious in your own mind that ideological crusade might be. All right. Uh, the Duran.locals.com. We are on Rockfin as well. And 10% off. Use the code Duran shop. No, use the code good day at the Dread Shop. <laughs> Take care.